Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Hi, and welcome to the Radio Detective Story Hour for Monday, January 23rd. I'm Jim Widner, and if you'd like to send me an email, you can send it to otrpodcast at gmail.com. That's otrpodcast at gmail.com. In 1964, one of the most critically acclaimed films that year was The Pawnbroker, based on a book by Edward Lewis Wallant. The film won several critics' awards and was nominated for many of the major American awards. The screenwriters were the talented writing team of Morton Fine and David Friedkin, probably best remembered by the television generation as the creators of the comical spy series I Spy with Robert Culp and a young Bill Cosby. Fine and Friedkin also have their roots in radio, as do many of the early television writers. In radio, the writing team was known mostly for their detective and suspense genre stories. Harry Bartell, the veteran radio and later television actor, said he always looked forward to working with Fine and Friedkin's scripts because he knew that the dialogue would be bright and colorful. Hey, how do you like it, honey? It's all right. Hey, you know who that is over there? Brock. Brock Martin. And all those guys around him. Mm-hmm. Every one of them gangsters. I told you, didn't I? I told you I'd take you to the fanciest speakeasy in New York. <laughs> That's Brock. He owns this whole end of town. You see the way they let me in, Sheila? <laughs> it was very impressive, Freddie, dear. And how do you like the liquor here, huh? Right from Canada. You know, one thing about Brock. Freddie. Yeah, honey? Who's he? Huh? The boy with the black hair. Oh, he's Brock's trigger. What does that mean, honey? Oh, baby, baby. Trigger. Trigger means you want somebody out of the way. A shot. And the boy with the black hair does it? That's what the papers say. That's Nick Volpe. You know him? Oh, you point these guys out, you don't know them. Hey, hey where you going? No, that's what he said. Three to two on Dempsey in Philly tomorrow, Brian. Don't you think we ought to take a hunt? Whatever you say, Nicky. Whatever Nicky says. This yours, Nikki? Nikki hasn't started to find out yet. Who are you, baby? Sheila. This is Sheila, Brian. Why? <laughs> Tell him, baby. It's a dull place. I don't like dull. You see, Brian? Sit down, Sheila. I've got a table. I know, I saw. I know. 
You stared, Nikki, but I was too far away. You really couldn't tell. Freddy? Hello, Mr. Volpe. You're who? Oh, uh, just a customer. Just brought Sheila here. Uh, Sheila. It was lovely, Freddy. I guess we better go now. Goodbye, Freddy. Hey, I can't leave you here with these. <laughs> Sheila. Valentino's playing down the street, Freddy. Go see him. Do that. Hi, Nick. The dough went away, didn't it? Keep it like that. Sure. Obviously, the writers had honed their ability to create the noirish, tough-talking gangster speak in the clip you just heard. Much of the fine and Friedkin script output involves suspenseful and criminal elements. In the middle-late 40s, the mystery and suspenseful genre was one of the most popular on radio. There were the multiple detective series, including Pat Novak for Hire, Philip Marlowe, Sam Spade, The Falcon and others, plus suspense, escape, and pursuit within the pure suspense genre. Many of the detective series at this time seemed to embrace the hard-boiled aspects of Dashiell Hammett and Raymond Chandler. The characters often spoke in that tough guy fashion that we hear in some of the serials. As I left the library with the three maps in my pocket, I... I felt like a well-fed mallet on the opening day of hunting season. Then I knew I was being followed. And as I slipped into a doorway and turned, I saw it was the nasty little man with the scars. All right, you, we're through playing tag. Oh, let me go. Not yet, Shorty, not until you talk loud and clear. No, no, don't hit me, please. Please let me down, I'll talk. I'll tell you everything. All right. If you're sure you can get it all straight the first time, there. Now, the whole story, beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, whole story. Okay. Starts like this. By the time I figured out that it had been the sawed-off end of a broomstick that had slammed my stomach up against my backbone, the little man was out of sight. Another five minutes went by before I quit calling myself sucker and I started to think straight. It was in this world of tough P.I.s and cops that Morton Fine and David Friedkin helped create. Their script writing throughout the 40s and 50s radio is everywhere. One rarely wrote without the other, but almost always, no matter for what genre they were writing, the tough guy loner always came through. In 1949, for an audition episode of Gunsmoke, a western, you can hear similar emotions. The marshal is Mark Dillon instead of Matt Dillon, and the actor is Rye Billsbury. I rode up to the White Buffalo and started to tie my horse to a hitching post whittled to the shape of a Pawnee girl when... Suddenly, the gun in my back told me I wasn't alone. You won't like it here, Marshal. Pretty as it is, you won't like it. No? No, Andy. <laughs> Don't turn around, Marshal. I'm shy and I'm modest and I embarrass easy. Isn't that so, Harold? <laughs> you see, Harold thinks it's so. Harold had his tongue clipped. Apaches. Maybe it was too long. Oh, now, that's not a genteel thing to say to Harold Marshall. He takes offense. I'm new here. Back in Dodge City, the etiquette's a little more formal. Then go back to Dodge. We're very happy here in Gougei. Like little birds. You could spoil it. I was invited. Special invitation. Well, the party's over. 
No hell, no! If it wasn't set in a western period, you'd think you were listening to another cop thriller. By the end of the 40s, the cop and private eye radio serials were taking on what Jim Cox referred to as the forbidding side of law enforcement in the harsh realities of the urban backdrop. He was referring mostly to Dragnet and the police series that were beginning to pop up, but it applied to almost any of the crime thrillers that were being broadcast at the time. Dragnet certainly set a standard, but a few months before the appearance of Dragnet was another cop series created by Friedkin and Fine called Broadway Is My Beat. Listen to the opening. Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The February winds spin, dance, race in the morning avenue, and Broadway lurches in their wake, and hands are frozen to early editions of newspaper, and winter lies against cheek and mouth, and search the headlines for what the winds are taking to die with them. And search memory, too, for January images sworn to remembrance, ice on masts of freighter bound for the tropics. And further back, deeper in memory, the holiday time and the holiday women. And they dance by now in chill embrace of winter wind. And solace is the corner coffee stand and the donut. And waiting a little way up the street, the time clock. You get a feel for the urban backdrop and its sense of grit and toughness immediately, but sometimes it is even darker. Listen to this clip from an episode of Nightbeat. You ever notice how when the sun goes down, the chemistry of the whole earth starts a new reaction? The flowers close with the shop doors, sunshine leaves town with the buses, and the birds settle down like the dust covers on the department store counters. At night, perfume replaces the flowers, neon takes up the task of the sun, and the birds that take flight are the hearts of people looking for love and the good tomorrow. Someone said the night is a mantle that covers the weary and a cave of excitement for the adventuresome. He forgot to add that the night is also a mask for the evil. Radio was discovering a seamier side to the big city and found it desirable for creating dramatic tension. Broadway Is My Beat debuted on CBS on February 27, 1949, starring the stage actor Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Clover is a plain-clothes homicide cop who knew the streets of New York, especially the streets along Broadway. Initially, it was produced out of New York studios, but in July 1949, the production was moved to the West Coast. Actor and producer Elliot Lewis took over the duties along with Morton Fine and David Friedkin as writers. Lewis insisted on three sound effects men so that you could hear the city constantly. Announcer actor Larry Thor took over as Danny Clover since Ross wanted to maintain his stage career in New York and chose not to go west. A sort of interesting side note, the theme for the radio program was by Alexander Courage, who went on later to create the theme for the television series Star Trek. 
So let's listen to the Morton Fine and David Friedkin script from Broadway Is My Beat from November 13, 1953, starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, transcribed with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. They race, the winds of November, race, and Broadway stands numb in their wake, dazed, chill at their touch, then moves to shelter of doorway, of jut of stone wall, to make the furtive search of memory for what the winds have taken to die with them. And realization then, and the shudder, images sworn to hard remembrance have fled on the chill embrace of November wind. Spin, dance, vanish on squall of wind. So move back into it, and make search for new images to be remembered and find them in spectacular, screaming the promise, in neon, pulsing the dream. Arrangement in fleeting scarlet and golden light, images, as painted by a November wind. And another texture of November. Please. Please. Woman shivering, her arms crossed, her hands digging into her shoulders. Woman huddled tightly and chill and biting a knuckle and the warmth of a room about her sheen and glow of the expensive things of a room about her. Please. Just try to take it easy, Mrs. Taylor. I can't. I'm trying to control myself. Here, why don't you come sit over here? That's right. You just sit down right there. I get your shawl or something? Coat to put around your shoulder? No. No, thank you. I'll be all right. Just give me a moment. Danny? Mrs. Taylor... Yes, yes. I'm quite all right now. And now you can tell Lieutenant Clover and me, I'm Detective Dennison. Tell us why you called us. Yes. Why, Mrs. Taylor? My husband. It's for Frank I called you, for him. What about him? Uh, something happened to your husband, Mrs. Taylor? Why do you behave uh, Just and... tell us, huh, Mrs. Taylor? Earlier this evening, I, I had it so beautifully planned, Frank and me, a quiet evening at home, just the two of us, and... And what, Mrs. Taylor? Frank announced, just very simply announced, that he was going out. Right after dinner. And I asked him where, very gently I asked him, and he wouldn't tell. He just looked at me and brushed his fist against my chin almost hard, but sweetly, the way he does, and just put on his coat and went. He hasn't come back. Is that what you're trying to say, Mrs. Taylor? It's late now, and your husband hasn't come home, and you want oh, no, to... Oh, no, no. He's at home. What? A little while ago, just, just a little while ago, I was in bed and reading and waiting for Frank to come home. I wasn't going to ask even where he'd been. And the doorbell rang, and I got up to answer it. And I opened the door, and Frank fell against me. And his, his weight knocked me down, too. Your husband was drunk, is that it, Mrs. Taylor? I thought drunk. And, and then I saw Frank had been beaten. And, and there was blood all over his shirt. He, he'd been beaten, and he was hurt, and he was sobbing. And, and I got up, and I tried to carry him, and I dragged Where him. Where is your husband, Mrs. Taylor? There, there in, in our bedroom. I finally got him into bed, and I, I took off his shirt, and I washed all the hurt places. Dennison. Yeah. 
Is that the door to your bedroom, Mrs. Taylor? Yes, maybe. Maybe Frank will talk to you. He just lies there and looks at me. Make Frank talk to you if... When I opened the door and, and Frank fell against me, I, I thought drunk, and then I thought dead. And Your husband I... that badly hurt, Mrs. Taylor. Have you... Uh... Yes, yes. I, I've called our doctor, and I've called my sister, Grace, and Harry. Harry? Harry Dixon. That's Frank's best friend. And I've called every place that I know for Donald. That's, uh, that's Donald Jordan. He's Frank's partner. Donald just isn't anywhere to be found, and I've left messages all over the place for him. You know, you you think at a time like this, uh, are you going into Frank now too? Yes. I'll I'll go with you. No, uh, you stay out here, Mrs. Taylor. Oh yes, my sister should be here soon, and Harry. Yes, I'll I'll wait for them here. Mr. Taylor got gone over real good, Denny. Have a look. Yeah. How do you feel, Mr. Taylor? Question, boys. Boys with the kindly questions. It's the way he talks, Danny. Mr. Taylor's mouth is one big bruise, and it's the way he talks. You want to tell us what happened to you, Mr. Taylor? Puff up my pillow, huh? Hardens under me. Look, um... Did anybody ask you? Anybody come crying? Your wife called us. She told us... She's a wife. She gets on the phone. She calls people. She gets lonely. My wife calls people. Who'd you get into a fight with, Mr. Taylor? Makes a difference to you. You look like that after a fight. What's the other man look like? You try to kill each other, Mr. Taylor? You go out hunting and find a chap and say, let's fight, let's cut each other? Frank, Frankie, boy, what's this about blood on your shirt? Oh, Frankie, what have they done to you? Hi, Harry. You've had it, kid. Oh, baby, baby, you've had it. Who are you? Who am I? Tell them, Frank. Harry Dixon. You left out the best part, Frankie. Harry Dixon, best friend of Frank Taylor, years and years best friend. Get them out of here, Harry. Sure, sure, Frankie, but you've been hurt bad and you don't know what you're saying. You don't talk to police like so. You gotta be open and above board all the time. My, uh, best friend, Frank, giving you trouble, Lance? We want to know how this happened to him, who it happened with, why it happened, why he... And Frank won't say, huh? When Ethel called me, she told me how Frank won't say. Maybe I can help you out, Lance. How? You let me talk to him, huh, Lance? He tells me things like no one has ever heard but me. Let me, huh? Danny? Yeah, let's go. We'll be in the other room, Mr. Dixon. You talk to him. Then come out and talk to us. Will do. Can do. I'm going to take advantage of your condition, Frank. I'm going to get out of here with you, lad. Did he tell you... No, Mrs. Taylor. I don't understand. I just don't, that's all. I'm away for a week. You've been away? Uh, yes. Yes, I I was worn out, and, and, and Harry said, You look worn out, Ethel. Why don't you take a rest? go somewhere. And I said, you're sweet, Harry. You're very sweet. And we got out the travel folders and I I chose Atlantic City. I stayed only a week. What could have happened to him in that time? I just wish Donald would come. That's your husband's partner, Mrs. Taylor, the one you told me about? Yes, I just called him again and there was no answer. And I called the bars again. I know he goes to and I left messages again. You have his address, Mrs. Taylor? Yes, yes, he he lives at the Ruxton Apartments on West 37th. There on on my desk are the numbers where I tried to reach him. If he doesn't come, you must tell him we're very disappointed in him, Frank and I... Your husband and his partner, they uh, get along all right? What are you saying? You don't think... Maybe that's him, huh? Grace! Oh, Grace, I'm so glad you're here, honey. I'm so 
glad. Don't pull all over me, Ethel. Just let me come in and. Yes, honey, come in. 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 This is my sister Grace, Grace Blandish. This is Lieutenant Clover. How do you do? How do you do? Uh, uh, Detective Dennison, my sister. Hi. How's Frank? It was awful, honey. Just awful. The way he looked and the blood all over him, honey. Hold me. Please, Ethel, don't paw me. Grace, honey, what are you... You called police. You called me. You said you called Harry. Did you call a doctor for Frank? Did you think to do that, Ethel? Yes, of course. The very first thing, Frank wouldn't hear of it, but I called anyway. He should be here any minute. You know how doctors are, honey. They just have a good time in Atlantic City, Ethel? What? You heard me. You have a good time in Atlantic City taking a rest? Away from your home, away from your husband, away from all the things you should have been doing for him. So something like this couldn't have happened to him, so he wouldn't get beaten up and hurt. Honey, honey, what are you doing? What? No no soap, lads. Frank, my best buddy, he won't... Hi, Grace. You haven't heard you got a bruised brother-in-law. You sure have, Sister Grace. He tell you anything, Harry? Not even his best friend. I coaxed, I pleaded, I cajoled. Look, lads... Uh I look around me, and here's Ethel, the wife, and here's Grace, the sister, and here's Harry, the pal and buddy, and it occurs to me that there's a gap in our little group. Go on. How come Donald isn't here, Frank's partner? First comes a man's wife, then his buddy, then his partner. How come partner Donald makes a gap? Don't worry about it, Harry. Uh, Harry, we'll want to know where we can find you. Sure you will. Uh, My card, lads, which states my name, my business, my address, for all the world to see and know yours for the asking. Thanks. And this, a suggestion. Frank in there, he got it real good, and he won't say who gave it to him. Some guys die from a beating like he got, so you lads will do something about it, huh? Because you're fine lads. Uh, Only a suggestion. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Harry. Ethel. Yes? Your husband's alone in there now, shouldn't you? Yes, I'll go to him. I just wanted to talk to you. It's a thing a wife would do, I imagine. Go to her hurt husband. Let's go, Dennison. Yeah, let's do that, Denny. squad car ride then to West 37th in the Ruxton Arms Apartments and ask for Donald Jordan, partner of a violently beaten man. A man who wouldn't talk. And be told Mr. Jordan had not been in all evening, had gone out earlier. Ask to be taken to Donald Jordan's room and exchange the flash of a badge for the privilege. And Donald Jordan not there. And phone calls then to the list of numbers taken from Mrs. Taylor's desk, bars, clubs, friends... Donald Jordan in none of the places, had not been in all evening or night. And last phone call then, to headquarters, and issuance of a pickup order on Donald Jordan, stakeout on his apartment, and bid Detective Dennison good night. The chill and silent November street then, where room was, and drifting sleep, and too quick roar and surge of morning. And headquarters is morning. Gold-brown day of November's routine and the small, quick plaques of teletype violences committed on a golden day of late autumn. And twilight is the filing of mimeoed reports. And twilight is... Danny Clover speaking. Report just came in, Danny. Homicide in Central Park, reported by park attendant. Bridal path just after it crosses 72nd Street. And go there. And under a pile of fallen leaves, a park attendant had begun to rake, then stopped, because it was not the feel of leaves he was raking anymore. A man, beaten man, man who had been in a fight, the dull, dried trickle of stain from his mouth, 
beaten man, dead man, and search him for identity and find it. Wallet, driver's license, Donald Jordan, a stirring of wind, flurry of new falling leaves, and nighttime closes in on Donald Jordan. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. For music, for drama, for news, for sports, CBS Radio is right with you, daytime, nighttime, all the time. Yes, CBS Radio brings you superlative entertainment, entertainment that follows you wherever you go, while you dine, while you work, in the kitchen, in the living room. Whether you're traveling in your car, it doesn't matter where or when. For CBS Radio can be a constant companion, an amusing and delightful friend who is always versatile, always adaptable. It can provide the best in background music when you entertain. And it can provide the best comedy, drama, variety when you want to be entertained. Nowhere but on radio can you find such a wide choice of programs. No entertainer but radio can go wherever you go. And no place but on CBS Radio can you find America's favorite stars and favorite shows. Day in, day out. There's no place like radio, and no radio like CBS Radio. When November settles down on Broadway, everybody's got a lot to cheer about. It's the time of the wiener. It's the season of the rackety racks and new substitution rules. Also of last year's All-American, who, left hand on pigskin, swears he didn't get paid a living wage. It's the month of the old grad again, the co-ed again, the bottle and the blanket, and what is known as the nippy tang. And over all of it, there, peeping out of corners of shop windows, the fat shadow of old St. Nick, reminding you how many days you have left to buy. November on Broadway. Good time. End of a morning where I was. November was the opening of a door. Danny? Oh, hi, Sergeant. Come on in. What do you got? A comment. Oh? Of all the seasons, I like autumn best. Subject of conversation Mrs. Tartaglia and I dipped into last night. Results we came up with. Autumn is the one. I know it's been bothering you, Gino, and I'm glad you've got it all straightened out now. It's bittersweet. Gino... Uh... It's off my chest now. Now we, uh... <clears throat> Certainly. Frank Taylor, according to a report phoned in this morning by his physician, spent a restless night and is still in no condition to be spoken to by the police. All right. Uh, what else? The deceased of last night has been positively identified as Donald Jordan, partner of Frank Taylor. Uh-huh. Frank Taylor has a pamphlet distribution outfit. A what kind of outfit? How to. You know, how to make a salad, how to build an extra room. Like that, Danny. Has ads in the newspapers, and people send him a quarter for a pamphlet. How'd he get along with his partner? Uh... Mm, okay, according to first investigations, Donald Jordan bought into the business with a lump sum. Well, let's see. Yeah, for $5,000, it says here. Which happened six months ago. Hmm. Now, what else? Nothing. Well, thank you, Sergeant. Anytime. Anytime at all. And lean back and consider it now. Whys and wherefores of two beaten men. 
what and who conspired. How did time and occasion get together of a November evening in the park and leave one man broken, another dead? Consider it. Out into the street and ride with it downtown. Greystone houses gathering to themselves the first chill. Gutters with no leaves for children to kick through. Streets of dappled sunlight and too many noonday shadows. November streets. And the girl in suede and peaked cap driving a small open car. And take a right and an address you have for questions you have. Listen, Mr. Clover, any information you want, consider it good as gotten. Thanks. Open and above board. Ask anybody, ask anybody. Say, what kind of fellow to do business with is Harry Dixon? Ask them. Say you need a mortgage for a good reason or another, and is Harry Dixon open and above board enough That's to... the best kind of fellow to do business with. Huh? Open and above board. Let's do business, Mr. Clover. Shoot. Did you have anything to do with... With the fracas, the... Franks and Donald's fracas? Hey, boy, hey, boy, back up, back up, huh? We were going to be opening... Well... Listen, all I am is Frank's buddy. Tell me about him. A peach. What else? A peach, a regular fellow, a sport. What do you want, anyhow? How about his wife? How about her, huh? As long as we're being open and above board, how about her? Pretty. That's one way of putting it. How would you put it? Thrilling. I don't like to mince words, Clover. Ethel Taylor is a thrilling girl. She thrilled you, huh? Look. Yeah. Yeah, she did. From afar. What do you think, anyhow? Known her for a long time. Sure, Frank introduced me to her a week after he met her. Said to her, Ethel, meet my bud, beat my girl, Harry. He said, uh, the next week he married her. When was the last time you saw her? Something on your mind? I only ask because it sounds like something underhanded you got on your... Look, I'm not afraid of any question you can ask. When was the last time you saw Ethel Taylor? A week or so ago at the party. Party? Yeah. Tell me about it partner, Don Jordan, was going on the road business trip, gave him a party, then he went on the road. Which is about the time Ethel Taylor was out of town, too. Listen, in case you want to make something out of it, I heard her tell Don she'd miss him in case you want to make something out of it. I'll bet you can take it from there, can't you, Clover? Sure you can. Bye, fella. and he lives two doors down, and I've told him once to stop playing. I've told him a hundred times. Outside this window, I've told him. You're an officer. Why don't you do something about it? Children have to play, Miss Blandish. Well, show me where it says outside of my window. Well, just settle down. Tell me about your sister, huh? Oh, what do I care about her? What do I even want to talk about her for? Because her husband got beaten up. Because a man was murdered, and... Frank had a perfect right. To do what? To kill Donald Jordan. Did he? What? Did Frank Taylor kill Donald... Are you being foolish or What? What makes you so sure that... a crazy man or what? Both of them beaten like they were. They did it to each other. One did it worse, that's all, or better. Sure, Frank killed him. Who's going to blame him? Who's... Yes? Listen, who's kidding who? What are you talking about? You know what kind of sister I have. You said you didn't care Lousing for... up her life like that. If it would have happened to me... If what? Marrying a splendid man like Frank... If I would have married him, I would have been satisfied and made a good home for him and been a fine, honorable wife. Which your sister I wasn't. I wish I would have had the opportunity, that's all. You know what she did? Yeah, just part of it. She went out of town the same time Don Jordan did. Atlantic City. 
That's a good place to go out of season. A good place to catch a rest. <laughs> Some rest. What do you mean? I drove over while Ethel was there. I went to a party with her. Some rest. What about the party? Booze in galvanized buckets. You think I'm kidding? What else? Men. Yeah, go on. Ask me what you want to know. Go on. No, you just tell me. Donald Jordan. Oh? You thought he was on the road, didn't you? Well... All I can say is the road he was supposed to be on led to my sister in Atlantic City. He sure is a splendid company man. When you got back to New York... The next did you... day. Well, when you got back, did you tell Frank Taylor about his wife? Oh, just that I didn't think Atlantic City was much of a place for resting, especially when his partner was in the territory. I see. I thought you would. Now you know what I mean about my sister always lousing up her life. Now you know. See you for a minute, Danny. Sure, come on in, Dennison. What do you want to see me about? Been down to Frank Taylor's place of business, Danny. Interesting place. Hmm? I always wanted to know how to build a barbecue in my backyard. Taylor's got a pamphlet. Tells you how, brick by brick. What do you want me to do? Help you build it? Look, Tartaglia told me how you helped him once to lay a brick walk in his yard. He says you missed the gate what by What do you want, Dennison? I got a thing. Route of Donald Jordan. Towns he was supposed to hit on the road. Here, to Philly, to Atlantic City, to Easton. Then his being in Atlantic City is legit, huh? Of course, he might have arranged his route so he'd be there the same time as his partner's wife and all. I've heard of such things happening. What else have you got? Report from Dr. Sinsky. Post-mortem on Donald Jordan. He was killed instantly. And? At approximately 3 a.m. on the morning of... What time were we at Frank Taylor's house, Danny? Yeah. Something, huh? Taylor came home beaten up at 9 o'clock the night before. And Jordan turns up dead the next morning. Killed instantly, hours after the big battle they were supposed to have had. Something, huh, Danny? Oh, but I just said that, didn't I? Harry, let's go. What'd you bring me here for? Your best friend's house. You don't need a reason. Let's go. Out. Look, my best friend. I got to watch while you pin murder to him? What kind of friend? Yes. Ethel, uh, this, uh... You remember me, don't you, Mrs. Taylor? Yes. What do you want? Your husband home? You know he is. Let's go inside. All right. Listen, he's got enough trouble now. It can wait. What can? Yeah, Ethel, what can wait? It can wait. He's not going anyplace the way he's hurt. Let's go see him. Do you want? Sure, I want to see my old bud. Hiya, bud. Hello, everybody. He's helpless enough. What'd you say, Al? I said the way you're lying there, bandaged up and hurting, you're helpless enough. They can do anything they want. What about it, Clover? Look, uh, Frank. Yeah, but what? I'm with you. Yeah, so you're here. What about it, Clover? You know what happened to your partner, don't you? Yeah. 
I really clobbered him. He had to wait on me. I clobbered him. You know he's dead, don't you? Let's everybody join the conversation, huh? That's a good idea. Well? You like to say something, Harry? Pertaining to what? Who killed Donald Jordan? Look, don't embarrass me in front of my... Donald Jordan was killed while your best friend was lying right in that bed. Yes, dear. Trello's gone hard on me again. Oh, sure. That better? No. Nobody. Get you something? What would you like to get me? Frank. Let's just get with it, huh? How come Donald Jordan was killed hours after the fight with Frank here? Yeah, how come? Nobody answered? I I, uh, got a confession to make, everybody. Frank, dear. Oh, yeah, do that. Fingertips on the forehead, that's a good bet. Frank? Everybody's listening for my confession, baby. Now, here it is, everybody. Me and Don had a big fight. Tell them why, baby. Tell them. Me. Go on, go on. I said me. Because why? You'd heard that Don and I were together in Atlantic City. My sister told you. So I called up Don, I said, meet me. All of a sudden, I'm a knight of old protecting the little lady. What a knucklehead. Don beat me from here to here and back again. And then he says to me, you want to apologize? I'll spend the next few hours in that bar uh, across the street. Otherwise, he says, get lost. I'm not your partner anymore. I didn't apologize. I got lost. My confession. Ethel. Yes? Count me out, baby. And I tell you why. Trying to make it look like your husband killed a man. You deserting her, bud? Just count me out. My fellows. (laughs) I had a fight with the wrong guy, huh, Harry? Open and above board. Yep. She and me, old bud. Me and your wife. That's why she killed Don. You'd get blamed for it. She and me'd have a clear road. My fellows. It's funny, Ethel. I got no feeling about you at all. You told your wife where Don was, didn't you, Frank? Your wife, you tell her things. And you went to him, Mrs. Taylor. Lured him into the park. Beat him to death. Harry. What? You said you loved me. I I used to love you yesterday. Now look what you've done. You've lost it. We were going good in there. What'd you lost it for? My fellows. Let's go. When dawn touches Broadway, the shadows linger for one faint caress, then leave and take away the night. A cloud drifts, and far away a bird dips and touches it with a wing. And time has come for the day. The people wake, the fury gathers, the crowd funnels into the streets. Walk easy. The shock is on. It's Broadway. The gaudiest. The most violent lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My beat.
Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and James McCallion as Dennison. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's transcribed story, Kathy Lewis was heard as Ethel Taylor, with Tom Tully as Harry Dixon, Irene Tedrow as Grace Blandish, and Lamont Johnson as Frank Taylor. Bill Anders speaking. Tragedians play comedy roles. Comedians interpret the drama. Tonight, as CBS Radio's stage struck introduces that exclusive theatrical fraternity, The Players. Participants will be Franklin P. Adams, Gene Herschel, Jimmy Cagney, Bobby Clark, Charles Coburn, Cedric Hardwick, Bert Lahr, Charles Lawton, and hosts more of The Players. It's tonight on CBS Radio's stage struck on most of these same stations. Your news is always accurately reported when it comes from the CBS Radio Network. takes care of another Radio Detective Story Hour for this week. Remember, you can contact me about this podcast at otrpodcast at gmail.com. That's otrpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we'll have another great Radio Detective Story for you. Until then, this is Jim Widner. Good night. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.